In this month's lesson, we talked about how one of the keys to success is having a good understanding of your priorities. Let's join Pastor Bill in the auditorium for this great lesson. All right, I want to welcome you today and tell you that I'm so glad that you are viewing and ready to learn today in leadership because I've got some information that I know is going to help you. It's some information that changed my life many years ago when I was taught it, as I began to read about it and learn it, and then began to apply it and practice it. I began to see the value that it added to my life. I've been a student now of leadership for a long time. I've had the chance to observe good leaders and even great leaders, sometimes up close, and one of the keys that I've found to their success uh, is, and the thing that sets the good ones apart from the great ones is they have a real good understanding of priorities. And so today I want to help you. I want to talk to you about this subject, priorities make the difference. Um, so in this lesson, I want to open up the information and let me just give you a couple of things right along the line that I think will be of value to you. So if you're ready to learn, I'm ready to teach it. Okay. Number one, great leaders have clear priorities. Great leaders have clear priorities. They can spell out their priorities without hesitation. If you begin to ask them, they know what they want to accomplish, what they're gifted for, and where they want to go. So the first question that you want to ask yourself is this, have I ever thought about, have I ever defined or written out my own priorities? What I know that's important. And the reason I say that is because I've made a statement for years, and that is, in every area of your life, you get to decide your priorities. In every area of your life, whether it's spiritual or family or finances or career or relationships or health, whatever those areas are, you choose the priorities. I've met people before that say, uh, well, I'm not ready for retirement. I don't have enough saved up. You know why? Because that was never a priority early on. Or some people say, well, my health is terrible and it is not what it should be or could have been. Well, that was not a priority for them. Or some marriages suffer a whole lot and they wonder, well, you know, I've given so much to my career or given so much to my, to my health or all the other recreation or things like that. But my marriage is, is not right. And a lot of that is that was never high on their priority list. And so understand this, we make the choices and then the choices make us. Once we make that decision, we plant the seed. Now, the fruit we get from that comes from the seed that we planted. And so it's very important for us to understand that. I've always said, and we know this before, if you've ever heard me, there's two motivations that people get for making change. One is you hit bottom hard enough that you have to. The second is that you hunger bad enough that you want to. My goal for you early on in your life is to learn from this and get a hunger to learn for your own life, your own benefit, and those around, get a hunger to learn to grow and to change and to put the priorities in the right place. So the first thing we say is great leaders have clear priorities. The second thing, number two, people who want to grow do so because they see the value of it. That is, what motivates you to grow is you notice somebody else who's flesh and blood like you, who's got pretty much the same things in common. They live on the same planet. They have a lot of the same culture. But you notice that what they're doing is they're making a difference. You realize that they're seeming to get better rewards or better fruit or better return than what you are. And so what you want to do is learn how to go to school on their shot. You want to learn how do I learn from them and what can I emulate from them and 
I just call it following the jet stream. And the key to that is when I see the value, when I say, oh, if I will practice the right things, if I will do the right things and, and make my priorities right, guess what? I can probably get some of the things that they have. And so it's only when we can make those, those priorities personal to our own self, when we see the effect of growth, then we make an intentional action. And so that's why I say to us, people who want to grow often see the value of growth. They're growing for a reason. They want to because they say, if I do this long enough, consistent enough, it becomes my lifestyle, my pattern. I'll look back one day and say, wait, I, I'm so much further than I would have been if I'd have never had this plan in action. So when it comes to priorities, great leaders have clear priorities. The second I said is that people who want to grow do it because they see the value of it. The third thing I'd say when it comes to priorities is this. The starting place in priorities is deciding what is important and what's not important. And you get to make that call. But when it comes to yourself, what's important, what's not important? What, what, what is it that determines that for you? And let me help you. Not everything is important. Uh, not everything that you do is going to bring any value or any return. Uh, not everyone that you meet needs your time. And not every meeting that ha is going on has to have your involvement. Uh, not everything that, that goes on needs your attention. If you do that, what happens is, is you've given a lot of energy and a lot of time in the areas that don't matter. A lot of you are in ministry. You know, you're at the college now and you're in ministry and you're going to get out and you're going to have people that bring to you a dozen different needs. You know, from feeding the hungry to clothing those who need it to taking care of foreign missions and world missions and taking care of anything around you. And you're going to find there'll be a hundred different things that come to you. You have to decide what's my priority. What is it that I do that I'm called to do that can really make the difference? If there are other organizations that can do better than you, then support them, but don't give all your time toward them. Keep yourself on track. Figure out your priorities by knowing what's important and what's not important. See, the key is this. If you don't control your calendar, circumstances will. Uh, it, it's not an issue of, will my calendar be filled? Yeah, it'll be filled. Something will get it. The question is, who will fill your calendar? What will fill your calendar? And so the key is, fill your calendar by priorities, not by request. Uh, look at your calendar and say, I want to do this based on what's going to advance what I do and what's going to be the best impact I can make rather than just say, I've got a blank calendar, so anybody that comes along or anything that comes along, sure, I can do it. Now, in the early stage, I know the ego likes to get stroked. You know, and we say, oh, they want to have a lunch with me. They want to pick my brain. They want to meet with me. And in the early stage, you'll wind up doing a lot of stuff. But just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive. Activity doesn't mean accomplishment. And so as you, as you begin to grow and when you prioritize your life, you're going to realize how many hundreds of things come across your desk that don't deserve and shouldn't be a part of your priorities. And you're going to have to learn to say the word no a lot more than the word yes, okay? You're going to have to say, I'd like to and thank you, but no. No, no, no. And you'll be turning down a whole lot of things so that you can stay on track. If you don't, you're kind of like the guy that's making a long trip somewhere and you need to be somewhere, but you pull off on every exit. And you never really get there and you wasted a lot of time in the process. And so the key is learning quickly to control your calendar and decide what is important 
and what's not important, okay? Now, there's a lot of uh, keys, I would say, to what we call distractions or detours or deviations. If I start, you know, organizing my life, uh, here's a few. Uh, you, a good leader will learn to initiate and not react. Okay, if you're in the reactive mode all the time, you're just always having to react to something and under the pressure and under the gun, that's going to be a place that one day you'll burn out from. You got to come to the place where you're leading and initiating and you're making the ball move in the areas that you want it to move first. And you do that by intentionality. Uh, leaders do this. They, they pick up the phone and make the contact. They don't, they don't just come in and sit down and say, okay, I'm waiting for the phone to ring. Hot dog, the phone rang, and now I can do my job. Leaders are already doing the job. They're, they're making the phone ring. They're going after what they want to go. They're pursuing those things. They usually, in fact, good leaders I've found, uh, they'll get more done by noontime than most people will do in a week. That's just the way they re react. Uh, leaders spend their time planning and anticipating problems. They, they start thinking in advance. What will I do when this takes place? How will I handle this? I'll give you something I helped. Uh, Ten years ago, I, I wrote a list of things. I said, what are the weakest areas of my life, and what would I do if they ever came to hurt me? And I wrote down those ten areas. And then I began to write down, this is what I would do to answer, to respond, or whatever. And there was a peace that came. And then I knew if any of that ever came up, I'd be able to react quickly. Interesting thing was I was in a discussion one time with someone who wanted to trap me. And uh, it was a journalist, and the moment he br brought up something that he thought was going to be a blind side, he didn't realize I had written that down several years earlier. So as soon as I answered, he sat back and said, wow, you're not the guy I'd anticipated or thought. And I said, what would you think? He said, I just didn't think you'd be that transparent. Well, I had planned on early on how I would respond if that issue came up. Leaders will do that. They're planning on the front end, anticipating the problems, and figuring out what to do. That's why, by the way, we see a lot of crisis going on nowadays where there'll be a, a, an emergency situation and nobody knows what to do. Uh, good leaders figure out what to do, hoping the crisis never comes, but being prepared if it does come, and that makes a big difference. Uh, whereas followers, on the other time, spend their time re responding and reacting to problems. The other, when it comes to priorities, leaders invest time with people. They invest time with people. Followers just spend time with people, and there's a big difference. Investing time with people means I'm with someone, and it's a give and take. I want to help them to get to a place where they can grow and do some things that accomplish their goals. That's investing. Spending time with people means we're just going for a hamburger, and we're just going to shoot the breeze. As you grow in leadership, you'll discover that, that you'll want to do more investing than just spending time. So I say you don't have to do every lunch but make every lunch count. In fact, here's what I also notice. When little priorities demand too much of our time, big problems begin to grow. That is, if all the little things are taking all of your time and energy, you'll look back one day and say, whoa, I got big problems I should have given some time to beforehand. Uh, along that line of detours and distractions, be prepared in advance of deadlines. Uh, be ready before the deadline comes, and that way you're not under so much pressure. Some people don't, are really creative. They don't know when to put the paintbrush down. And, and so you need to say, I need to have this done by a certain day and a certain time, and allocate the time to do that so that you can have balance in your life for the other things that are important. Uh, along that line, you'll have to do this. Continually refocus. Adjust as needed. 
Uh, that, it's kind of like a, a pilot when he's flying an airplane. You'll notice that he doesn't just put out his, his you know, plan of where he's going and file his flight schedule. Once he's in the air, he's constantly adjusting based upon the wind, based upon the weather, all of those things factor in. So he's kind of having to readjust. So when it comes to making your plans, make it, but leave enough room to say to yourself, now, if I have to adjust, I will. Uh, we call it in football, calling an audible. You know, they get up to the line and they realize, uh-oh, they read our play. They know what to do. So you'll suddenly see them make an audible. That is, they make a quick adjustment. They do it because they say, we see right away. We're not going to be able to, to advance with the play that we had in mind when we came out of the huddle. And so be, be willing to adjust. That flexibility will go a long way for you. Now, ask yourself some questions along that line. One is, what do I do that no one else can do or is paid to do? That is, ask yourself up front, what is it that I bring to the table? What is it that I do that no one else can do as well as me or that I'm paid to do? And stay in your lane. Stay in your zone. I see a lot of great people that oftentimes never get where they could be or accomplish what they could accomplish because they spend too much time helping everybody else or getting out of their zone. Get your zone, get your work, do what you do best and first. Then it leaves you some time to help others. And then the uh, last thing I'd say along that line is always learn to train and equip and delegate. See, a, a, there's two types of leaders. There's one leader that, that has followers. There's another leader that's developing leaders. And that's the highest level. You want to be the kind of person that when people are around you or learning from you, that they're getting better. There needs to be a time that the more you do it, the less you have to do it, that other people now are learning and growing and developing and equipping. And then as they get to that place, the way you know you've trained them well is now they're training others under them. It's called that never do your work alone. And make sure that you're letting other people do it, that they teach other people, that they teach others. And one day you have a real healthy organization because everybody has not only learned to be the student, but now they've learned to be the teacher. And so make sure you've got people around you that you're also teaching and training. And so learn that value of training and equipping and delegating and giving other people some responsibility. Number four, fourth thing when it comes to priority is this. Priorities are deciding and doing things in order of importance planning and deciding and doing those things in order their importance. Now, some of us have a lot of the, uh, the same values, um, but they're not in the same order. And there's where I often see people that have my values, but they're not in the same order. And I say, that's why they're not getting the best performance in one area of their life. Uh, I'm sure all of us would probably say our priorities are this, uh, faith and family and finances and health and recreation and all of that kind of stuff. They're all on our priority list. We all want that. But the order of importance for those is going to decide for you whether you succeed or suffer. For example, I have a friend, a real close friend, that he has those very same priorities I have. But they're not in the same order. I mean, if we had to write down our, our priorities, they're the same priorities. But they're in a different order. His is, is uh, his health. He, he believes in working out at least two hours every day. Now, his marriage is down at number five, whereas mine, the marriage would be right up there at number two. His is number five. So he wonders, why do we struggle in marriage? I got the same priorities. Yeah, he's got the same priorities, but they're different. The two hours he spends on his health 
is time that he could be spending part of that in his marriage. I, I think that you have to understand it's not just having good priorities. It's knowing the order of importance for those. And if you know the importance of those and you put them in the right area, then you find that suddenly things work a lot better, a lot more flexible. Right? And so that's the key. The order of importance is highly important. And number five, this will help you when you get this. Now, this will battle against what you feel and against what's, which demands there are in your life and, and on you. But if you get this and you can live by it, it will change the game for you. It's called Learn the Value of the Pareto Principle. Now, Pareto was an Italian mathematician who figured out something years ago that it's just a law. It's like the law of gravity. It doesn't change. He's right. I don't know why it's right. Nobody can figure out why it works. People, scholars, and analysts have tried for years to figure out why does that work like it does? And no one can quite put their finger on why or how, but we know it works, okay? Now, the Pareto principle is this. It's called the 2080 principle. Uh, the top 20% of your, the top 20% produces 80% results in every area of your life, okay? Uh, if you focus on the top 20% of your people, their projects and their abilities and all the rest will produce 80% of your growth. If you, the opposite is true. If you focus on the bottom 20%, uh, you, it'll take 80% of your time and your energy and brings little return. Now, let me break it down for you. Like a, uh, for, because many of you here watching today are going to be in ministry. You're going to go into a church, and it's going to have, let's say, let's say you start off like I did. I started with 32, but let's, I'll give you 100. You go into a church, you've got 100 people. You're going to have one or two people that demand a lot of attention. I mean, you can't do enough for them. They want you to be at everything and do everything, and they want counseling all the time. And, and, and that's what I would call the bottom 20%. And if you give and devote all your time to that bottom 20%, you'll wind up giving 80% of your time and energy to them. And the top 20% over here, the rest of the people, 80% of the people are doing without. Now, the greatest way that you can lead that organization is to invest more of your time in the top 20%. The people that want to grow, the people that want to take what you give and use it and apply it. If you'll put most of your time, if you'll invest 20% of your time with them, guess what? You'll get 80% of the growth will come through the rest of the organization. I don't know how or why it works. I just know it works. And I've always found it to be true. So the question is going to be, who are you spending time with? You know, there's all the jokes about that. They say, uh, uh, in, in, in any store, by the way, in, in any organization, whether Walmart or whatever, 20% of their product brings 80% of their profits. Uh, and, and that's true in everything. Every area, the Pareto principle will work. Uh, the, they, they say even about eating a, a, a big, you know, having a big uh, family get-together, family reunion. 20% of the people eat 80% of the food. <laughs> so it's just, it's just the way it works. So focus on which 20% you're going to focus on. Is it going to be the 20% that really brings the return? Or is it going to be 20% that takes the energy 
and takes the time. And so the Pareto principle is work. That, it really comes down to it's not how hard you work, it's how smart you work. And there's a big difference. Number six, know yourself and your work style. Now, if I'm figuring my priorities, here's the last one. Know yourself and your own work style. i give you a couple of things we do. You can have first things first. That's a great way to do it. The first things first is what's important is also what gets the attention. The second is urgent will take the place of the essential. There's some things you've got to do, but there's some things going to crop up immediately. If you spend all your time chasing the urgent, you'll miss the essential. The third is when easy things get the priority. When there are things that are not really the greatest, but they're just uh, easy things and, uh, and, and, and they're things that you can do without much thought to, and you just say, ah, oh, this doesn't take much energy, much time, any of that. Uh, easy things sometimes get the priority. We do a lot of that. I remember years ago uh, that I, 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 where I learned priorities, I had to go and learn about it because I didn't know I would start off each day in the early days of ministry with a list of 40 things I had to do. At the end of the day, I did 40 things, but most of the 40 were not on that list. And, and I began to say, I'm doing something wrong. And I sat down with one of my greatest teachers and said, teach me how to change the way I work. And he taught me the Pareto principle. He taught me that I was chasing urgent things instead of essential things. He taught me much of this right here. And so as a result of that, as I began to apply it, I started feeling a freedom, began to do more and get more done. But what I did was being done in the right area. Uh, then another one is when unpleasant things get avoided. Sometimes we look at something we don't want to deal with. Maybe there's a problem. Maybe there's a personnel or maybe there's a change that needs to be made in the organization or the church. And, and we just keep avoiding it. And we think if I, I don't, on my priority list, I'm not going to deal with that. And if we don't deal with that now, one day it'll come back. I'll give you an illustration. My, uh, my uh, son, Brent, is now pastoring with me, doing a fantastic job. And when he came on board, the year before he was in the role he's in now, I looked at some boards and some committees, and I never told everybody this. The church didn't need to know it. But privately, I had about four boards that I had one or two chronic, complaining troublemakers. I could handle them. There's never a problem. I, you know, whoever's the strongest in the room wins the battle. So I, I just, I always can handle that. But I remember one day, talking to him and he said dad how do I handle those situations and I thought you know it's not right for him to have to handle that so I went and I removed about five people from four different boards and it was a little ugly in one case but I did it for the reason that he didn't need to have to fight my giants I could handle them but I did not want them hurting this entire church because they felt so empowered now what I meant by that is it was going to be unpleasant for him, and I didn't want to do it, but I also made him a promise, let me take care of that. And I took care of that so he could have smoother sailing. Some of you are going to be in organizations where there are some things that are unpleasant. Just because it's unpleasant and it's messy and you don't know what the outcome is going to be doesn't mean it ought to be avoided if it hurts the overall mission of where you want to be. So if you know where you want to be, be willing to say, I am going to deal with that as ugly as it is in order that the organization can prosper and grow. And then the last one on that one is 
unfruitful things sometimes get too much time and energy and attention. If you're spending a lot of time trying to do something that's not giving any results, get rid of it. Some of you are going to go into churches that there are programs or ministries or meetings that are just totally unproductive. They hadn't done anything for years, but they've been just doing it because that's the way they do it. I always say, if the horse is dead, then just get off. Quit beating it. Quit trying to feed it. It's dead. Some of you are going to go into an organization and you're going to find that there's, a, there's a, a meeting that they have or a class they have or some program they have that they've been sending money to and wasting time in and inviting everybody to be a part of, and it's never done anything. It's dead. Then the wisest thing is don't give your time and energy and attention or resources to it. Just call it what it is, cut it off, and begin something that you believe will give to you a good return. When the unfruitful gets too much time, energy, and attention, it's again a waste for us. So the prioritized life, the, the life of priority is going to be a growing life. That's going to be one of those where you get to decide, what do I want to do with my life? Uh, your life is like a dollar bill. You can spend it any way you want, but you can't spend it but once. And too often we learn in life what is really important. And I want you to learn early on so that you can enjoy the kind of life you really want to be a part of and you can really make a difference with. Thanks so much for being here with us today. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson. Be sure to check out all of our online resources available to Bill Purvis Leadership subscribers, including a brand new discussion forum where you can share information with your peers. Have a great month.